Welcome to episode 6 of Learning with Young Leaders. In today's episode, we have Min, co-founder of the Asai Duo, an Asai business she started during this COVID period. As the owner of two other businesses, Min talks about how she turns her hobbies into businesses, how she learned to manage these companies, and why patience is important. If you haven't already done so, do check out our previous episodes and leave us a review on how we can improve. If you would like a summary of the episodes, visit sakoniorigino.com slash podcast for more information. Now, let's hear what Min has to say. Hi Min, welcome to the show. Hi Marcus. Yeah, nice to meet you. Oh yeah, nice to meet you too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, so you've been quite the self-starter yourself. You've had a few things going on here and there, right? You have your decorative party business. You have, I saw the tofu skin one. That was quite interesting. <laughs> You're distributing yeah. some masks and, and things like that, right? And then yeah, you have your latest one, which is the acai duo, if I'm not wrong. Ah, yeah, correct. That's right. my so, newest baby. Yep, so <laughs> newest baby. Okay. Yeah. yeah, before we go into that, those business side of things, let's touch on that a bit later. Can we just understand a bit more about how you are as a person growing up? Were you always interested in starting your own stuff or things like that? Okay. Okay, I guess growing up, I didn't exactly like say like, oh, you know, I want to be, I want to have my own shop or whatever. I grew up as a very typical girl, you know, where your aspirations were like, I want to be a teacher when I grow up. (laughs) Everybody wants to be a teacher when they grow up. So I think I, I was one of those. Until maybe when I hit a secondary school, I was from BT Secondary School, and back then, uh, along with our library club, it comes with a little cafe called the Hive. I think it's it's a it's a pretty new idea to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So basically, this CCA actually helps boost entrepreneurship. Like they actually okay. teach you how to like do your own cafe and like from the operations to the finance and everything. I mean, of course, it's secondary school. It's a very simple, no balance sheet. Like. It's just a <laughs> simple, like, you know, money in, out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was part of Cafe, as in, it's called The Hive. So, from there, I was actually the president of the cafe and I had to oversee everything from the manpower to, like, the operations to the finance. And from there, I think that was the starting point where I got very interested in how, like, you know, hey, this is pretty interesting. So, from there, my interest in business grew and once I had a bit just a bit of capital I started doing all this like like what you call a multi-starter kind of thing mm. yeah so that's my background so what was the first thing you started events business Kokev Inc okay it's a bit hard to pronounce it's K-L-O-K-K-E-V mm-hmm. so Kokev is actually my first baby it's event decorative business it it first started out to be a picnic service so like, you know, you have very like Instagram or Pinterest worthy picnics for couples, for birthdays, and then you can take very nice Instagram worthy photos. And then afterwards, I saw the market for dessert tables and I hopped onto the bandwagon and slowly in 2020, I mean, late 2019, we started with weddings. I yeah. see. So that was the very first one you started and that was when you were how old? Oh my God. Actually, I really kind of don't remember how old I was. <laughs> About 20 maybe? Yeah, okay. I was 20, 19 maybe, yeah. So that was when you were in after poly. second, or in poly? Poly, poly, I would say poly, yeah. Okay, then from there you went on to the next one? Next one, uh. Okay, actually, 
excluding all the three you have mentioned, I have had another called Vendor Nova. We used to sell clothes, like mm-hmm. female apparels. That didn't really work out well. So I just thought that it's not exactly... I mean, okay, most people maybe find it like shameful to mention like failures or whatever. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But personally for me, I'm very open to tell people like, oh, you know, oh, that didn't work out. <laughs> like, it's fine. I'll move on, you know? So that was actually my second baby with some other friends. But it's really competitive in Singapore. And unfortunately, yeah, we had to close that one. So that's second. We moved on from that. And Shop Tofu Skin came about uh, about the same time as Vendor Nova. But it is, how do I say? And that's more of distributorship, like selling masks mm-hmm. and products. It's not exactly like a business business. But it's much easier to handle because I don't have to handle the um, logistics and everything of it. All I have to do is to purchase the items and like mail it out and stuff. So that's pretty passive. Mm. Yeah. And tell us a bit more about tell us a bit more about the the failure of sorts. What do you learn and how do you grow from the experience? Failure, sir. I would say really go in with uh, okay. That's when I learned something really important. I forgot who told me that, but I used to target every female in Singapore when it comes to fashion, like female apparels. And then we didn't have a focus. So somebody told me, if you're focusing on everybody, you're not exactly focusing. Mm. You see that you get a drift where like you can target female, but you have to target a certain, not mm, a certain group of them. Like, are you targeting the office ladies? Are you targeting like, you know, the early teens? Are you targeting people who are like going in university, school, high school? What are you targeting? If you're targeting everybody, you can't focus. So that was my biggest lesson from Vendor Nova. And yeah, that's probably, it It didn't last very long to be honest because we had to bring in a lot of inventory Mm. and um, not many was going out. And because of that, yeah, we had to call it quits. So in the end, what do you do with the inventory? Do you just sell it? Do you manage to sell it off? I actually took some pieces for myself because those are clothes (laughs) that I would wear. Yeah. Okay. Then from there, you went into tofu skin and that's what you're still running today. Yeah, tofu skin is okay. Tofu skin was supposed to be like a very how do I call that? Of course, it sounds playful, and I wanted it to be close to heart. Like because beauty, I feel it's something that everybody has a different journey on. Mm. You can target as much, but the combination is endless. There can be people with oily and dry skin. There can be people with just oily skin, problematic skin, sensitive skin. And personally, I have eczema and sensitive skin. So because of that, I'm pretty um sensitive to others skin journey etc and beauty journey so because of that I wanted it to be more close to heart more easier for my um, followers to relate to I don't want them to be afraid to ask mm. and because of that I created something more playful for them to you know can relate to not afraid to ask like I'm just another friend of theirs so that's tofu skin yeah. so in a way you started something that personally you would use and in, in the, yeah, at the yeah. same time you extended that to to sell to other people. Definitely. I only sell things I will use. I mean, I know <laughs> a lot of people say yeah, yeah. But, but I really only sell things I would use. Yeah. Okay. Then, so that was Tofu Skin and then now it's Asai Duo. Yes. I mean, they're all happening concurrently mm. but Asai Duo came about when COVID happened. Okay. So this is not really like a failure-ish but um, it has caused a huge hiccup for me. Kokev, the decorative business, as I was saying, is like the bulk of my income for the mm-hmm. past years. And I mean years. So ever since like 20 maybe. 
So I've not been active in my journey of working for people. So my resume is sort of like empty, right? Mm-hmm. And when COVID happened, events can't carry on anymore because I mean, definitely it's more than five or 10 or even hundreds of people. So that's just one thing. And because of that, everything has come to a halt. And you don't, you don't have any income coming for the next few months too because we never know when it's going to end. And you can predict as much as you want, but while you're predicting, days are still you know, unproductive and you can't have any income and stuff. So I was a bit desperate because Shop Tofu Skin at that time was not exactly, has not exactly picked off yet. So I was like, you know, I have to do something, but I don't know what. I mean, you, all you can do is stay at home, right? Like, where do I get my money from? And what can I do at home that is legal? You know, <laughs> like, I don't want to, yeah, you know, I don't want to break any circuit breaker rules. I take it very seriously. So, yeah, and I really love acai. I've been blending my own acai at home for breakfast for the past, like, months because it's really expensive outside. So, and I mean, circuit breaker, I live in the north, by the way. So, there's no acai in the north at all. The nearest is like Upper Thompson, which is really fast still. And of course, I wouldn't pay delivery fees of like $10 or $20 just to get a bowl of acai. So, I was thinking, hey, you know, actually, I'm, I can't be the only one having this problem. I can't be the only one who's craving acai and I can't get any just because I live in the north. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I was like, okay, a little you know, pop, like the lighting thing here over. And like, I was like, mm, okay, something worth exploring. So I went to like, do a bit of research, like, hey, okay, let me see, where's the nearest acai store? Like, which radius should I do? Blah, 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 blah. And then from there, I, uh, I have a partner in acai duo. So then we experimented the recipes from our own homes via house party. So that was how we started off acai duo. And then, uh, when we finally picked a recipe to follow, then we started to sell it. And surprisingly, it was a hit among many people, even outside of North. So yeah, everything was history and we've been on Asaido for a month plus now and things are going very well. So yeah. what's the next step for, for you now? Next step? I don't want to jinx anything. How? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> hopefully, okay, we have applied to SFA and we did some viewing online with some agents for some units to have a central kitchen and hopefully do take away. So we're waiting for SFA's approval to approve our unit and then we can start like some minor painting works and we're ready to go for our central kitchen. Mm. So, but the, okay, so this one you started with a partner, but your previous ones, did you do it yourself or did you do it with other people as well? For Koke, I started off with, uh, with one partner that was before, right before the dessert table t- took off. But after that, she decided to do something full-time. And I was by myself. So now I'm doing it alone. And then for short tofu skin, I was alone all along. And then for Asaido, it's just me and my partner, Chloe. So how have you been managing those processes? Do you learn on the job? Or how do you pick up those skills to manage a business by yourself? Okay, that's a pretty interesting question. Because... I think many people would think that having to start your own business, you will have family background whose parents are very like, you know, like very entrepreneurship-ish or like they're rich or whatever. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what's the, what's the, what do you call that? The, what people usually think. But I would say I, came, I come from a really like average family. 
my my mom's a housewife. My dad, he's in the construction industry. So growing up, I didn't exactly have a business mentor. And I know that a lot of people in like, like entrepreneurs have like business mentors. Oh, I'm meeting my mentor today. I'm meeting my mentor next week. We have to review this. You have to review that. Mm-hmm. So for myself, how I learn, I pay for my mistakes, basically. And I think honestly, I mean, it's not that bad. And it does has its pros. Why? When you have to pay for a mistake, you remember it for life. Trust me. So what were some of these mistakes? Every time you think about it. So there was actually once, right? I ran an advertisement on um, Facebook Manager. I spent like about a few hundreds on it. Only to realize I've been advertising a blank page. (sighs) So you see, it's like, huh, okay. How can I learn from this? You know, that kind of thing. So I slowly learn and then, yeah, this was just one of the mistakes that I made. La. Yeah. And uh, before that, I because I have a storage and slash office area for Coquare, and I've been looking for more value for money spaces. Mm-hmm. But before I found the one, I've spent hundreds on spaces that are small and like not convenient for myself. So those are also mistakes made. So at the end of the day, even if we do not have a mentor or nobody to guide you, you can be your own guide, honestly. Because you, if you pay for your mistakes, right, it's just something about the price that you paid for it that will stick with you for life. It's like a tattoo that never goes away, you know? So it's really, I don't know. I, I just think that that's one of the best ways to learn. Because if you don't pay for a mm-hmm. mistake, you probably won't remember. You'll just be erased off, right? You'll be like, oh, right, I made a mistake before. But, I forgot about it because I don't feel the pain. I don't feel ouch. So, yeah. Okay, then, but, so, throughout this whole time, you've been, you're still studying, right? Oh, yeah, I'm still studying. So, how are you managing between school and work? Bad example here, but (laughs) I skip a lot of classes and um, I catch up after. Like I said, bad example. Do not learn. But, because for me, in school, I've, I'm from UOL, SIM. So our timetable is very flexible. We get to fix our own timetable. And because of that, I am able to spread out my time very well. And even if I were to miss classes, I have good friends who can help me with getting the notes and stuff. And I think one good thing about private institution is that all the resources are available online. Mm. And even if you were to miss a class, you can go back and catch up on it. So that's what I try to do all the time to catch up on my classes. And then from there, I am able to pace myself with my business timings, like client meetings and stuff to what I have to do in school. And because I do not participate in any CCAs in university, that allowed me more time to focus on my businesses than most people too. Yeah. Okay. I want to say it is. I think a misconception yet again is that I manage my time very well. But I would like to think that there has to be sacrifices made. So one of the sacrifices I have to make is rest time. My friends always ask me, like, I get this very often. How do you, like, cope, uh, like, three business and, like, you're studying and then you still have a social life. Like, I actually see you having a social life. How do you do that? So I said, like, one tip I have is have a planner. Be it, like, Google Cal or, like, uh, old, old school, like, planner, like, physical planner. Just have one and do your appointments in a two-hour or three-hour block. 
Mm-hmm. So you can meet you can meet your friends. You can have a social life, sure. But you can just meet them for two hours for a lunch or a dinner to catch up. And then don't go shopping because like, yeah, that's another expense on your wallet. So <laughs> just catch up over lunch or dinner. And then you still have a great time to have a social life. And then there's still what? 24 minus 2, there's still 22 hours in a day for you to do your stuff. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I sacrifice a lot on my sleep, unfortunately. But at the same time, I think 6 to 8 hours of sleep is enough. And I do know that people recommend 8 hours of sleep. But I'm not sure. For me personally, I wake up. My body clock is 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every day. Like 10 a.m. is the latest ever I woke up without Mm. the alarm. So that's just one of the tips I can give people. Like, you know, wake up early, start your day early, and then do your planning in a two-hour block. Because that helped me a lot. Like, a lot. Yeah. Are there any other habits that you employ that keeps you focused? Focused? uh, Oh, I like to do a to-do list too. Although sometimes I forget about it, it will probably be because I have only one focus for the day and I will spend, and I know that it will be time-consuming that, that one item will be time-consuming that I won't have other time for any other stuff. So mm. then it will be that I won't have a to-do list. But if I were to have multiple things I would have to juggle that day, um, there's this extension on Google called Momentum, if I'm not wrong. I use that. Because um, it has a to-do list and it gives you like some motivational code and then you can like enter what's your what's that focus of the day. Mm. So for myself, I will usually just put one business at a time. Yeah. So my focus will be, for example, today will be Asai Duo. So my to-do list will be Asai Duo first. After I've cleared the list, then I will look at my other to-do list for Kulkev or Shop to Skin or school. So that's how I, yeah, sort of a, a habit I have. Mm. Yeah. Are there times when you feel overwhelmed? trying to juggle too many things. <laughs> and how do you deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> Overwhelmed. Uh, I, I mean, it's undeniably quite stressful to have to handle many things at a time. But I would say I enjoy what I'm doing to a, to a large extent. Of course, there are days where I burn out or weeks even where I burn out and just like, oh, I don't want to do anything anymore. But Mm. yes, I feel overwhelmed. But it really helps when you're enjoying what you're doing. And that's why I only sell things that I'm passionate or I use. Because it's something that it will always be part of my life. And in a way, you can never fully burn out from those. But imagine I have to sell acai when I hate acai. I think it would be horrible. Because now, even when I'm preparing acai, I have leftovers from like, like extras, right? Mm. I get to eat it and I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like a bonus because like you're doing you're doing and earning money and stuff. And then like, oh, that's extra. Let me enjoy the product that I I am making for other people and something that I love. And because of that, I will go back to it again, be like, oh this tastes so good. I, I have to come up with something new mm. and better and stuff like that. And then I keep going again. So I guess that helps. So yeah. in a sense, when you burn out, you take some time to to chill, Remind to relax, myself. and then from there, yeah. you because you like what you do, you sort of are able to bounce back. Yeah, that's right. I think I think that's what I like to think. Also, because I like money a lot, that's what I always <laughs> tell my friends. Like okay. I'll be honest. Like everybody in the everybody doing business, right? You can be passionate about product, yes. You can love your product, yes. But ultimately, what do you love? Money, and that's just truth. Like hundred percent truth. If you were to be selling a product at a loss, you probably wouldn't love it as much. Mm. Let's be honest. So I love money very much and I know for a fact 
for the input I put, my output would be equivalent. So if I don't put anything in now, my output one month later, I'll be suffering. So do I want to suffer? No. So yeah. Right. Is there any other things that you would like to add or you feel like you've learned over this whole journey that you'd like to share with people? Wow, learner. I think many people think that it is risky to start a business because of capital. Because uh, I think a misconception, one misconception is that I need a lot of high capital. I need somebody to support me. I need somebody to be there for me. I need to this, I need to that. But all you need is literally yourself. And capital, yes, but depends on what business you're into. When I, was, when I started Kokev, um, doing events, um, dessert tables and weddings, every penny I earned, I put it back into the business. And I started with a few hundred dollars. I, I'm not talking about thousands of dollars. I'm not talking about 10 grand and stuff. I'm talking about a few hundred of dollars that you can probably save up pretty quick. But it's between whether you want to or not. And I also think that as humans, we make a lot of excuses for ourselves. And I do that too all the time. <laughs> like, I'll be like, ah, I can spare 10 minutes on TikTok or whatever. You know? But honestly, if I were to need to get this thing done today and I don't have the 10 minutes, then I would better jolly well get myself out of it to get started. Similarly, if you want to have your own business, you have to get going. You don't have a capital, save for it. Work for it. Part-time, freelance, whatever. I used to do a lot of F&B. I started working really young, by the way. I started working when I was 13. Yeah, I don't know if it's legal, by the way. So I'm not going to mention which company it was. But I was selling Christmas ornaments. And I was earning like a, a, a meager like $5 an hour. Pretty sure I got scammed into like working for $5 an hour. But I was very happy because I was earning money rather than I was at home, you know. And from there, I started working at cafes. And I worked at ice cream parlors. I worked all sorts of F&B. I think I have a passion for F&B because I love food, lah, basically. Yeah, and I always F&B always give you free food. So, yeah. Then I, I didn't have savings at all, by the way. All I did was spend my money. Until I realized how important savings were when I want to buy something and I don't have money for it. Mm. Because I spent everything in like the moment, in the now, you know? And then... Yeah, that was when I started to like save a bit, a bit, a bit. And then I, when I finally have my own business, it was basically things, items or decorations that I find like, hey, I would use this. Like I would put this somewhere on a table where it looks nice. And it started from there. And then I, the next thing I know, I need a storeroom because my mom would throw me out if I were to bring yet another item home kind of situation. So all of us can start from nothing and we can work towards it. My Storage was my living room, uh, my living room which had no space and I was just stacking up boxes and boxes to where I, not say where I am today, like, not so serious, but to having a storeroom of my own and yeah, it, it's probably all the inventory and stuff, would, people would look at it like, how do you spend so much money on this? Where do you get a capital? But hey, I didn't grow it like overnight. I didn't buy it like, I didn't go crazy on Taobao one night and go like full on, you know, and explode their pitch or whatever. I accumulated all of this over years and so can everybody else everybody can accumulate so think of think about the power of accumulation don't belittle it 
what you have as $1 today, if you were to save every day, I know I sound very like mother and very naggy and it's not probably not the answer you were looking for, but there's really no overnight success and accumulation is the key. Yeah. Okay, so in the long term, right, what's, what does success look like to you? Long term, as I do right now, honestly, I would really... I would really want to see a few shops opening up. Um, it's not going to be easy. FMB is very competitive and there has been a few Asahi stores in Singapore that's really established already. But I'm confident with the plans that we have and our strategies and stuff, we'll be able to have those open up in a few years' time. But another thing I'm very interested in and might dab- dabble in like soon would probably be estate. Like I'll probably want to get my estate license done and yeah, I mean, it's very difficult though. So that's something that I would want to overcome and probably, yeah, sell a few houses or buy a few of my own in a few years' time. So the end goal is to be able to own many estates and is there like a, a vision of like how it will look like? Is it like freedom to run your own businesses or is it like financial freedom or things like that? Mm. I think financial freedom is something that everybody wants, but I actually gave it a deeper thought. And I was thinking like, actually, what does financial freedom really mean? But you see, if let's say we, th- we think about financial freedom all the time, it would mean that we're th- definitely not free from money, right? Because then we'll be always be tied back to the num- number and the sum. So is that really freedom though? Like when you have to always think about the money, and for the money to keep coming in. So maybe I wouldn't say financial freedom, but just comfortable enough for myself to, and my family to like do whatever we want without thinking too much about, you know, do we have enough money for this? Do we have enough money for that? And uh, a few years from now, I would, of course, I would want to see have, uh, myself owning several properties in Singapore. Like it doesn't have to be landed or it doesn't have to be, um, condos or whatsoever just properties that I am will, I am able to like rent or lease out as passive income I think that would be great yeah that's an interesting thought do you have anything yeah. else to add? anything else to add? I would say go for it like don't okay of course you plan first then you go ahead lah. don't I want to I want to say don't hesitate but be careful with your money be savvy with your money. Don't spend it on things that you'll be happy for in like for two minutes. Mm. But you know, spend it on somewhere else where you can see yourself happy with it even after two years. Somebody once told me, because I, I used to be an impulsive shopper. Somebody told me, if you don't want this two months later, then you have saved the money. So yeah. <laughs> That's about it, I guess. Okay. Really look forward to how Asai Duo is gonna go. Yeah, further. I'm looking forward to your order also. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I will definitely support. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll put, so I'll, put, I'll put the links in the things so that people can sign up if they want. And yeah, hopefully you have a shop soon and I can go and visit. And once this whole, okay. thing, when whole situation. Yeah, happens. hopefully when the whole situation blows over. If not, maybe you'll see us on GrabFood. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Hope to see thank you so again much for your soon. Time. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. 
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Learning with Young Leaders. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit sakoniorigino.com slash podcast for more resources based on today's topic. That's sakoniorigino.com slash podcast. Until next time, stay curious, keep learning.